Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 196. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 156, The Trouble with Time. Now, I gotta tell you, when I first heard it, I was really hoping for a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey episode, but that's not what this was about. It's actually the opposite of that, because the problem in Night Vale, as Cecil tells us, is that time is now working normally. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have people who live for centuries and stay the same age anymore. I wasn't even sure that people were aware that was happening, but they're sure aware that it's not happening now. Right, yeah. And that kind of reminded me of that character in the first Night Vale book who had stopped aging, and that seemed to be strange, and she wasn't sure what she was going to do about it. So I guess when they said time was weird in Night Vale, it meant it was hard to explain. But now... Time's easy to explain. Everyone's getting older. Man, and I thought it was just um, Lee Marvin who was finally getting older now. But apparently this was pretty common in Night Vale. But everybody, as you can imagine, is freaking all the hell out. And it's a little dark in places because Mm. Cecil is worried about the fact that he might not have forever to live with Carlos anymore. And he said something, I thought this was a great line, is love a gift in a finite world. And he'd like to think so, but now he's not so sure. Yeah, and so of course you've got all these people who are like trading recipes for different kinds of smoothies and talking about gym memberships. And then we go to a word from our sponsors and our sponsors, they don't actually identify who the sponsor is, but they do say, are you worried about aging? Try lotion. And it kind of goes on for a while like that. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, well, when you die, you'll still die, but you'll be silky smooth. <laughs> and all of these different things that talk about, you know, try this, try that and the other. It won't stop you from dying, but it will possibly mitigate some of the circumstances of dying, you're still going to die anyway. And it's like, oh, wow, this is really dark. I remember years ago, Nathan asking me at one point, why women spent so much money on these products. And I said, Mm -hmm. it is very easy to understand. When we use these products, we want to step out of the bathtub looking like Venus stepping out of the sea. And we will Mm -hmm. believe that it will happen every time. Every time. I know. Every time, I mean, because I'm no more immune to that kind of thing than anybody else. But every time I buy some kind of like oil of Olay lotion or something like that. I mean, in my head, I'm just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. It is not going to work. I'm sorry. (laughs) Everybody's going to get older. And even the people who do plastic surgery, they look even older because now they look old and weird. So, I mean, I'm in Southern California. It's big business out here. But it's just, it's, I mean... You and I, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets by saying this, you and I have never colored our hair and we're not really likely to. My idea is because it's like an exercise in futility, the grays are always going to come back. And so unless you're prepared to spend a lot of money and a lot of time keeping up with it, you know, it's just, it's so, and then you get these like 70 year old men and women who have jet black hair and I'm going, you're not fooling anyone. (laughs) But you know, as a caveat, I do want to say that all of my friends who dye their hair look lovely. So you do a very good job with it. I admire the heck out of you for keeping up with it. I'm not going to get into it, but that's fine. Yeah, I don't need anything else on my to do list. But one of the people I think has managed to lick this whole aging thing is Jillian Anderson. I mean, how does she manage to do it? 
she was gorgeous when she first appeared in X-Files, and she gets prettier every day. It's not fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can also look at Patrick Stewart, because obviously Earl Grey tea is like the youth formula for the world. So, I mean, <laughs> like you said uh, in an earlier episode, he looks younger now than he did years and years ago when they aged him to be ancient in one of the last episodes of The Next Generation. That makes my brain hurt. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of that going on, but we cut from there to um, Leah Shapiro, who is managing the Miriam McDonald Memorial Fund, and Miriam had one particular interest that more than anything else in her life in Nightvale. Yeah, she wanted to clear all the sand out of the sand waste mm-hmm. to the point where she was sweeping every day with a broom and a dustpan. Yeah, and plastic garbage bags. I wonder how many of those plastic garbage bags she's got lying around just trying to get rid of the sand. But I love that Leah Shapiro, who cared for her very much and wanted to do this fun for her, she's like, this is a stupid idea and I hate it and I just feel compelled to do it anyway. It's dumb. (laughs) Well, at least Cecil approves. Cecil also thinks that the sand makes the sand waste look very untidy. Right. And at the moment, the Memorial Fund has $3 in it and they're not accepting donations. So there you go. (laughs) I was waiting for them to say there was a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or a Patreon or something for cleaning the sand or the sand waste. Nope. Nope. Nope, that's not really. But anyway, we go from there to the Children's Fun Fact Science Corner, which is really all about who's a person. Yeah. And um, there are lots of tests that you could do and you could look at other things. And there's a series of questions you can ask. Basically, everything's a person. Mm-hmm. He even listed at one point, he's like, is that a dog over there? It's a person too. What about that ooze in your closet? No, that's not a person. You need to stay away from that and don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we get to the weirdest part, I think, of the episode. And it is the fact that Casper Rhodes is a entrepreneur in Night Vale, and he has started his Quality Cryogenics Corporation. I had to get that right, because a lot of times I misspell cryogenics. Yes. Uh, And he's offering a chance to freeze everybody's brain so that they can be revived hundreds or maybe even thousands of years in the future when they've licked this whole getting old and dying thing. Yes, and he even said at one point, he said, cryogenics means never having to say, I'm dead. And I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, well, that needs to go on a t-shirt, absolutely. (laughs) But he's got all of these brains, apparently, that he's already stored in this disused silo that he's not letting anyone take a look at. No, 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 he can't open it up. It would mess with the cryogenics process. Which kind of made me think about, okay, This American Life, uh, episode 354, if you guys need a really creepy-ass thing to listen to for October, go ahead and listen to that episode. The title is called Mistakes Were Made. And one of the biggest things it talks about is a cryogenics uh, company where the guy in charge, it was... When you think about the phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, this is what that describes. Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, he doesn't have enough money, doesn't have enough equipment, maybe he'll just cut this corner and that corner and the other corner, and you end up with bodies stacked up like cordwood and thousands of dollars being spent on freaking dry ice. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. It's fascinating. It kind of sounds like the fire festival, except with dead bodies. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, Oh, geez. We go from there to the traffic, which I couldn't really entirely understand what was going on with the traffic, except, you know, the traffic is always very 
poetical, and I liked the piano music that was going in the background, but the basic idea was is that all of the cars have disappeared. There's other forms of transportation around, like motorcycles and boats and planes, but there are no cars. At one point, he talks about the roads being empty, and he says, the highways are mere doodles of the gods without the roaring machines that give them purpose. And I'm like, ooh, that's really nice. That was pretty. It was, and he talks about the fact that we're all just going to have to learn how to live without them and we're all getting a little bit more air as we walk around. Oh, wait, now they're all back. Driverless and speeding around. Well, it's nice to have them back. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it went from poetical to being like, ooh, creepy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's that's that. And from there, we had a very quick correction. Um, Cecil talks about an anonymous reporter, don't know who he's talking about, who um, apparently was saying that peanut butter is a rock. And as it turns out, it's not a rock. And he'd like to move on from this. Thanks. Yeah, he also doesn't really seem to be committing to this whole denying that peanut butter is a rock. Because he just finishes it up with telling everybody to make their own decisions. I'm sorry, Cecil. That seems a little wishy-washy to me. Yeah, well, we really like peanut butter. So I'm not behind this whole stance of peanut butter is a rock. I don't accept that viewpoint. (laughs) Well, Cecil is really worried that this whole cryogenics thing is a scam. And he doesn't think it's real science. And believe me, you know, Cecil knows science. So he's going to go sneak into the grain silo and do some investigative journalism and try to find out what the actual truth is. And meanwhile, we go to the weather. Yes. I thought the weather this week, it was nice. I kind of liked it. It was called Revolution Lover by Left at London. I guess kind of a bluesy indie rock with like a little bit of like gospel rock in there just a little bit maybe? It, it made me want to look at more of their stuff definitely yeah yeah it was nice i liked it so we come back now one of the reasons why cecil thought that this was all a scam was you know here's casper Rhodes touting the quality cryogenics corporation except that quality is misspelled as is corporation I'm, so i'm surprised he got cryogenics right geez yeah i guess he figured if there was one word he had to get right but uh we come back from the weather and cecil is going into the silo and he's sneaking in the door's locked but he has his uh, reporter's welding torch so he always carries that with him <laughs> Well, he opens up the doors and we hear him walking inside and he's looking around. He says his eyes are adjusting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Listeners, there's brains everywhere. They're all very carefully preserved. Everything's really clean. This is true. We don't have to worry about death anymore. Oh my God. I'm going to go run, tell Carlos and he drops something on the ground. And that was it. That was the end of the episode. That's it. That's the end of the episode. And it's not, I mean, this wasn't like a part one episode. I'm sure they're going to pick it up next week. But I don't, I'm sure you thought the same thing I did. I'm like, yeah, just because there's brains floating in jars does not mean this is a real thing. If anything, this is more disturbing now. Yeah, I think Carlos might have something to say about whether this actually counts as science. Because just from a little bit of looking around cryogenics, it's not quite science yet, guys. I'm sorry. No. No, it really. Hey, we should look that up. Is it an urban myth or is it true that Walt Disney's brain is still frozen? I honestly don't know. I think it's an urban myth because I don't think okay. they've been able to get like talk to anyone who did the actual procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so that was the end of the episode. So yeah. <laughs> um, curious to see what happens next week. So anything going on in the nerd world with you? No, no. We only have, I think we've got one more episode left of this season of Peaky Blinders. So might be able to talk about that afterwards. Oh, boy, the episode we watched tonight. 
I was asking Nathan at one point, because they're going off to do something dangerous, and I was wondering, why do they keep bringing Arthur around? Because he is like, as much as he is just such a damaged character, and he always just reacts and loses his temper, and he's just a step away from getting everybody killed. And then they were under fire, and Arthur starts giving everybody a pep talk about how good he was when he was in war. And he takes out this great big gun, and he starts firing and screaming, and don't mess with the Peaky Blinders. And Nathan looked at me and said, that's why they bring Arthur along. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's (laughs) useful that way, but... I also thought they were indulging themselves a little bit by having a a firefight inside a Chinese building that has fireworks in it, but I'm like, go ahead and indulge yourself, guys. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's going to make a good shot. Have fun. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, of course, you're just about to finish up with Peaky Blinders, and I finished watching Carnival Oh, okay, so, yeah. awesome. so how was it? It's fine. Oh, really? No, yeah. I just, well, yeah, it's, we've both kind of thought that throughout this entire thing, there are some pretty things going on. Um, there's some pretty people going on and doing stuff and everything. But I guess it just, it never grabbed me the way I would expect a show that actually has centaurs and fairies in, in a steampunk setting really should grab me, you know? It needs a little bit more than aesthetics. I think this season they've had to do all the heavy lifting with setting the scene. So aren't they doing a second season? Maybe they can move on to more story then? Yeah, they're going to have to do a second season because the first season does not wrap everything up. Not really. Uh, Okay. All right. Well, good to know. I have a little bit of nerd news. I have watched the first two episodes of the Limetown TV show. Oh, and what do you think? It's really good. I mean, it is. It's. I think the acting is great. Um, they are following. I've done two episodes, and they have so far followed the first two episodes of the podcast really, really closely. I mean, they're fleshing yeah. it out a little bit more. So I'm kind of wondering what the point is. I mean, if they tell the exact same story, yeah, it's great to have this extra dimension with having it be visual. But for the people, the podcast listeners, are we actually going to be surprised by anything that happens? Are they going to start branching out to something else? Or is this mostly going to be for the people who have never listened to the podcast? I, yeah, it might be for people who don't get into the audio only thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there, I don't know any of them personally, who don't listen to podcasts because they don't, they can't imagine not having a visual component to their entertainment. So this might be for them, I guess. I mean, honestly, Douglas Adams did it the best. I had always thought that people were sort of messing with the story every time they did a version of it, from the radio show to the TV show to the movies and everything. It was done on purpose because he knew that people didn't need the same story over and over again. And I have some hope because with the second episode, that was um, the episode Winona, And that was always my least favorite of the first season. Because it was kind of a little annoying because you had this character who's almost like an NPC in a Dungeons and Dragons game. She can tell you stuff, but she can't tell you how you know she knows everything or, you know, or every, oh, she can't answer all your questions. She can only tell you enough to move the plot along. They handled it much better in this TV show. And the character, the actress who played Winona was great because you really felt like she was like trying to hold on to her memories and her coherence with both hands, that kind of desperation. 
situation. And and there was a little bit of interesting stuff they did with her flashbacks to Limetown itself. And it really is amazing to see Limetown be this crisp, clean, beautiful, planned town that's just so pleasant to live in. And then contrast it with what it looks like after it's been abandoned for so many years so yeah oh, I, I love stuff like that there's there's a lot of potential in this tv show i really hope it works but right now okay. i'm still wondering if we're actually going to get much out of it if we already know how it's going to end okay all right all right i'm gonna have to give it a shot because i did enjoy the first season i really only listened to the first two episodes of the second season i it's not that i wasn't enjoying it i just stepped away from it and just never came back so i think the second season is worth listening to it's not going to give you everything that you want out of it boy i love that first episode of the second season the character with charlie she's great yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah that's very fun no um what have I done? Uh, two things I did was uh, last night I actually rewatched Event Horizon for the first time in a while, and I live I live tweeted it. It was fun. I enjoyed that. I mean, I think it holds up. It's not a perfect movie, but for a sci-fi horror movie in space, I think it's great. Yeah. And I was looking up on IMDb. Thank you, IMDb trivia. And this was kind of like a, a late late in the game greenlit, but they had a very, very short production window. So when you think of all the things that they were able to do in this movie with like a fraction of the time that most movies do, uh, yeah, it is pretty impressive. I really liked it. Well, so, yeah, it's fun. There's There's been a lot of talk about the idea that he filmed a lot more stuff for this movie. It was way yeah. over two hours, the first cut. That's probably a little long for a sci-fi horror movie. And also, he did a lot of work with those Hell Dimension scenes. Oh, yeah, I mean, he did. a mm. lot of work, to the point where in the first screening, people were actually fleeing the room and fainting. It was yeah. apparently that bad. And people have talked about the idea of doing a director's cut, but I think, from what I understand, like some of the first cuts, all the, the film and everything, was sent off and stored in a salt mine somewhere, which can't... I, that's what I read, too! Can't possibly be true, but... That's what everyone's saying, and that the film was so degraded that there's no way they can salvage it. So there will be no director's cut, which is, in a way, kind of a shame. But also, I think those little subliminal flickers of the Hell Dimension are all I really need. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how long they went on watching it, because... I, within the first fraction of a second, I immediately closed my eyes. I'm like, nope, I've seen this before. It disturbed the hell out of me the first time. Don't need to watch it again. And then it just kept going on. I'm like, how long is this scene? (laughs) It's just really... And the little tiny bits that you see are pretty disturbing. But yeah, it was still... I mean, it's such a fun idea. I mean, the whole the whole movie is so creepy. That shot of the black hole drive with the little nested oh, yeah. rings and the, the spike-filled room and everything, that's like a perfect shot, just perfectly designed. If I had a chance to, there's nothing that I would change about how that nope. thing looks because it was just nope. so awesome. Yeah, it's... I, I really... I still... I was worried because it's been a few years since I've watched it. I was worried it wouldn't hold up. It holds up very well. I've forgotten the character of Cooper, who plays, you know, he's the African-American kind of, I guess he's, I forget what they said his job was. He's kind of does everything on the ship. He just becomes the African-American of this, like he's kind of trying to get himself back into the ship because he's been blown out into space. Like, where the hell does this always happen to me? And he gets his air to like blast out and he goes zooming towards the ship. Motherfucker! 
It's just, I am sure the audience had to have been losing their minds when that scene was going on. It was very fun. Well, I love the fact that, you know, the African-American, one of the African-American characters actually ends up being the one who's the least scathed out of all of them by the end of the movie. Right. He survived. He survived very well. But my goodness. Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting choice. Because usually in a movie like that, you'd only have one person survive. But they had two. And that somehow comforted me a little bit. I'm like, oh, well, at least at least there's two of them who know what they went through. <laughs> well, maybe three, considering um, what's his oh, name? Oh, yeah, Justin. Justin. Oh. oh, boy. Oh, yeah, but he's not going to be unscathed. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so the next thing we're going to do... We weren't sure we were going to be able to do this tonight because we didn't know exactly when it was going to drop. But the final Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker trailer is out tonight and it just dropped and we are going to watch it right now. So are you ready? All right. You got it, got it right to the beginning. Ready to play? And one moment, one moment and go. My goodness. Wow. Okay, a lot going on in there. One. <laughs> that was Leia's voice at the end. I <laughs> totally know. hear that. Oh my oh god. My goodness. And Lando Calrissian. I know we saw oh. him in a previous trailer, but I am so happy that he is back and flying the Millennium Falcon again. That is oh, wonderful. The Millennium goodness. Falcon just needs to go if it can't be with Han, it needs to be with Lando. Oh man, I just hope that we won't lose like Lando and the Millennium Falcon at the same time. And Chewbacca. <laughs> talk about Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I am so curious to see how they're going to handle General Leia's absence. Like, I know that they had filmed some scenes, but I really just hope it's not cheap. I hope there's not some terrible CGI. I hope there's not some awkward, like, whole scenes with just the back of her head, because it's obviously a stunt double. I mean, I really want them to do this well. They need to do this right. Just please, guys, please get this right. You know, I was browsing around on Instagram this morning, and the Raylo shippers are losing their friggin' minds, but I don't think they got anything in that trailer that they w- probably were hoping for. It seemed pretty much just like battley battley, you know, not, uh, they really want some kissing. Yeah, well, they also didn't have that shot that we had in the previous trailer with what looked like Ray opening up a double-sided red lightsaber. Yeah, I wonder, I, I was sort of surprised, um... I don't think the reaction was what they were hoping for from that. I think a lot of people thought that was kind of dumb. Really? I don't know. It's just a real quick glimpse. But I was like when I was at Disneyland the other week talking with some of Leland's friends and one person was like, God, yeah, that was so stupid. And I'm like, oh, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't think it was like the best thing since sliced bread, but I didn't just go, oh, that's so dumb. I'm like, you know, two sided lightsabers are a thing in this world. It's fine. Yes. Well, that just takes me back to the fact that the Phantom Menace, one of the coolest parts was Darth Maul and his friggin' double sided lightsaber. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, seriously. And let me tell you, the, um, the Force Awakens, the first sight of Kylo Ren's uh, lightsaber with like the little spikes coming off of it. I know people personally on the old podcast who were like, nah, I think that was kind of dumb. And I'm like, why? And they said, what are those like exhaust pipes or whatever? I'm like, yes, that's what it's like stupidly overpowered. It's like, <laughs> it's not just evil. It's wasteful. You know, if you've got like little jets coming off the side, maybe you should make your lightsaber more efficient. You know, I just, well, I just thought it was badass. I really did. I, I, you showed me the one um, little bit of photo manipulation that someone did with this recent thing where Ray flips out the uh, double-sided lightsaber, except someone added like a Swiss Army knife's worth of other lightsaber stuff. 
Oh, it's Somebody so great. did something very similar to that shot in The Force Awakens when he, you know, activates his lightsaber and the little things come out and then little branches come off of that and then more branches and more branches just make it really <laughs> stupid looking. Oh, I remember the Photoshop work on all of that. People had all of these different things that they Photoshopped into there, and I loved all of it. Keep it going, Internet. You're really awesome that <laughs> way. But cool, cool. That's a good way to end the episode, I think. I think so, yeah. So <sighs> so December 20th, then, I think we've got a plan uh, yeah. to go, uh, well, yeah, knowing you and me, wait two weeks and then see the new movie. Mm, exactly. You know, I just don't like seeing it on the opening night. You know, I may see it opening week. We've done it before, but opening night, I'm like... That's just crazy stressful. I'm, I'll be fine, you know. I'll put on blinders on the internet for a few days, and it'll be fine. Well, maybe we can make a plan to go see it on Nathan's birthday, since his birthday falls Ooh. over the Christmas season. So maybe. Oh, that might be fun. Okay, I guess it's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. I finished reading Adam Warren's Volume Eleven of Empowered. I have a review hopefully going up this week. Oh so, boy, and yeah. I just finally finished reading. 10 and now I'm, I'm really looking forward to what 11's going to be like Jeez. oh my god that was a hell of a cliffhanger for two years but you know <laughs> Jesus um, anyway yeah so that's coming in and all of that and more pixeladygeek.com so we're not going to have a Night Vale episode next week but I am sure I don't know maybe you'll finish up Peaky Blinders maybe Peaky Blinders maybe also Carnival Row not that there's that much to discuss about that but yeah we'll probably have something to say about Peaky Blinders yeah, and maybe I'll finally get around to watching Paranormal Activity. I should have done that last night, but I really felt more like Event Horizon, so... It happens. Uh, yeah, so one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
I was going to check and see if the Star Wars trailer's out Oh, yeah, let's do that. Record that, that it. Yeah, let's take a peek here. One minute. Oh, I think it's here. Oh, is it? Is let it, me get it, it, and I'll, let me get it, and I'll, I'll send you a link. Hang on one second. October 21, this is it. Okay. I'll, I'll get you a link, and then I'll do a little intro for it, so hang on that.